What's up, everyone? This is your host, Daniel. And Javi, and you're listening to the Brown Sound Podcast. We're just two brown best amigos talking about everything and anything through a Latino and indigenous perspective. In this podcast, we uplift indigenous and Latino insights on a variety of topics that highlight the intersectionality of both cultures. Expect some tears, joy, and definitely laughter. Imagine chilling with your two best friends, talking smack, and throwing a little shade. <laughs> <laughs> What is up, everybody? We are back. The Brown Sound here with Season 5, Episode 5. Javi and Daniel, what is up, everybody? Hey, what's going on, Cheek X? Are you... Feels like it's been a minute, but it really hasn't. It hasn't, right? seen each other last <laughs> week. But it feels like it's been a minute. You know, it's always good when we get to link up in person and... It does. Crazy. So I shared a <laughs> I shared a picture on our Instagram for the Browntown podcast, uh, and I added uh, that, that when you reunite with your bestie feeling, and it's like, it's true. It's just like, you <laughs> yeah. know, everything just feels good you're like you know you just you know your besties back in town you crack up yeah, you make the jokes like... you make the rounds yeah <laughs> all of it yeah we should let well i know last episode we did talk about we got to attend the snotty nose res kids concert but we also discovered a new artist who's local you want to share a little bit about him he yeah. was freaking awesome like doing that yeah so it's a it's a duo so this this person that we got to listen to was one of the openers for uh snotty nose res kids and his name is uh lobo lara and together with uh um, someone else, Chilly his Willy. name is Chili Willy, which I love, by the way. I'm like, Chili Willy. I know. Like, I can get I know. behind it. I'm so the, whole, the whole night I get saying, Chili Willy. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan, by That's the way. Cool. But no, b- both of them together created these like beautiful like cumbia masterpieces and i'm a big fan of cumbia mm-hmm. cumbia is a type of music that you can dance to and you know latinos were all about the dancing and so when i went to the concert expecting to listen to two canadian indigenous rappers and then got cumbia like techno yeah uh, music before that i was i was in heaven i was in such a good vibe um just enjoying like the music and juan came with us so he was you know we we were all instantly fans yeah. of Lara and Chili Willy. Like I'm like people need to yeah. people need to know about them because they were doing good things. I feel like that I concert downloaded their album that night. Right, me too. I and I've been using some of their music in our reels because I'm like this music mm-hmm. is so bomb. But I I just yeah. feel like that particular night, um, Latino and Indigenous excellence was full out in like full force oh, for sure. And and you know I could just sure. I was all about it. I was all behind it. We got pictures with everybody there, so that was really cool. Um, and mm-hmm. I know that they're gonna be in. Boise, uh, Lobo Lara and Chili Willy are going to be opening for, uh, it's called in Boise, downtown Boise. It's called the Live After Five. They do like bands come out and play music and stuff like that. They're going to be down there. So if you're in the Boise area, um, I, I believe it's next Wednesday uh, for a Live After Five. He's going to be out there and definitely go follow uh, Lobo Lara and Chili Willy on their Instagram account so you can learn more about the music they are on Spotify. And I'm just here to say, and big Apple fan. Music, yeah, too. big fan. And I'm going to tease this out now because it's, it's a thing. We're currently Currently working with them <laughs> to schedule them to come and be guests on the Brown Sound in, a, in an upcoming episode. Yeah. So it's one of those we met our we we became fans. We you know are going to get to meet our yeah. two of our new favorite bands and music creators, and they're 
going to be on the show, which is just a win-win for the Brown Town. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. I, you know, I was telling you when we were sitting there, I was like, man, a few more of these little drinks, I probably would have been out in the, in the dance <laughs> yeah. floor. I've been dancing away. <laughs> but I was keeping it, you know, it was a Wednesday. You know, I don't really normally go out on a Wednesday. Right. So I did. And I did feel that the next day. Now, so. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, it's already because we came back like we finished out the night, which was really fun. And then we had to drive Juan back to his house and then drive back to Caldwell. So it was pretty late by the mm-hmm. time we came back. And I yeah, and I had to go to work the next day. So I was feeling it for sure. We were not spring chickens yeah. anymore. Uh, Cheek we definitely are no, not. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah. So and yeah, last week though we were in Boise, we did a couple cool things. You know, we got to go to the concert, mm-hmm. and then we had our first like radio interview as the Brown Sound oh, yeah. podcast too with Tropical FM, and that airs. He said August fifteenth, yep. right at five p.m. Yes. So uh, we got interviewed for on a local Boise station for their program two hundred eight Talk, which was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. It was a cool you know conversation, and it was interesting that um, I don't know. No, I just always find it interesting that people are like, oh, we listen to your podcast. Like, it's uh-huh. crazy when people who, like, actually listen and then they pull bits and pieces of different episodes. And I'm like, oh, dang, you really were listening. Like, that's it's, that's it's always, right. It's always, like, it's always, like, weird or cool to me. That same way, like, oh, it's cool that you listen. But also, like, dang, I didn't know people really listened to yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I think for me what stood out was is that it was kind of cool that the focus was about the podcast. But then he asked us personal mm-hmm. questions just on, like, our journeys as, like, you know indigenous people i know he had a lot of good questions yeah. for you on just like indigenous communities so that was cool but you're right um some of the questions that he asked were so thought-provoking and were like we're like so deep into certain episodes that i was like yeah. oh my gosh like you've actually been listening which was really cool yeah uh the other cool part about that night cheek was that while we were at neurolux for the concert people came up to us and said hey do you guys have a podcast oh yeah and then they asked <laughs> us about the brown sound so that was that was kind of nice to be recognized I guess while we're out and about. I'm not ready for any of that. And the conversation I had with the with the lady that came up to me was, she was like, oh, yeah, you have, are, are you on the Brown Sound? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm Javier. Nice to meet you. And she introduced herself. And again, I'm not going to share any personal information because I don't want to get that. You know, I'm not here to share that. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I said, thanks so much for listening. I, I guess I don't, I don't realize that people actually like listen to it in that way. And yeah, she said, it's... no, you've had some really good episodes uh, that spoke out to me. And she said, we need to support one another. So I was like, yes, yes we do and so i you know i, I could get yeah. behind everything she was saying it was really cool um so i didn't yeah. feel bad You're about like, buy me a drink i know <laughs> i'm like i'll have one well, of buy me a drink you. then <laughs> The other funny thing was I didn't feel bad about fangirling a little bit about Lobo Lara and Chili Willy because, you know, we went over to try to take pictures. Yeah. And I was like, no, this yeah. this actually is cool. And it feels good for people to come and tell you, like, how great your craft is mm-hmm. and how they enjoy it and how yeah. it's making an impact on them. So I'm like, I'm going to do that to them, too. And then I'm going to try to get them on the show. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Yeah. It's like, I mean, even just being in my job for like seven years now, like it's still like it's still weird when people come to me like oh i listened to this interview you did or oh i've heard you like it's always or or if i'm like at a gas station in orfino and someone's like are you the guy on the travel station i'm like oh like yeah how'd you how'd you because i don't normally talk like that you know it's like on the radio it's always very like upbeat and stuff right i'm not walking around like hey everybody want to you know so it's always weird when that happens but it it makes you feel good because it's like oh people actually listen yeah yeah shout out to the listeners yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to, to that lady that came to talk to me at neuro 
Rolex. I know she listens, so I know she's yeah. gonna listen to this. I just want to say thank you. That was really cool to connect with you there. Um, I'll next time buy yeah, me a drink there. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just kidding just kidding no uh Chica, this is an exciting episode because it's a guest episode right so we have someone yeah, really special yes. here too that we can fangirl about here in a second once we learn more about them yeah yes so we have our very first i'm gonna put this out there because this is you know a few episodes i've made my little jokes here and there but i'll get to that in a bit but we have sequoia dance layton who is a wellness coach and trainer a phd student for indigenous wellness practices she is a wife, mom, and a coach for Volleyball High School. She is Shoshone Bannock and Assiniboine Red Bottom Band. So without further ado, let's give Sequoia a warm brown sound welcome. What's up, Sequoia? <laughs> Thank you. Not much. I'm excited to be here today. Yes, we're definitely excited to have you. You know, um, so a few episodes we've talked about how there's like this little like funny terrorizing rivalry between like the show bands and the Nez Perce and stuff. So you are our first yeah. Shoshone Bannock <laughs> guest on the Brown Sound. So you got to rep your people. <laughs> Represent. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We always we always joke about that when I was uh, dating Shelby we we would always joke that like man this is like forbidden yeah. <laughs> this is right <laughs> it's written in, written on a rock somewhere <laughs> written on a rock on the As snake well, I'll river marry him so I'll have <laughs> I was I, I would always joke that I'd marry him so that I could gain your your fishing rights up there no, yeah <laughs> is that I'll do it and they took I'll, that rule away yeah. I'm always that all it takes because then yeah well i'm really excited to be here though thank you for having me yes and so you know the one thing about brown sound we always love to like have people who are just doing awesome things in the community and stuff on the podcast you know people who are inspiring and uplifting and um would you like to explain to the listeners a little bit about yourself yeah yeah so but not Dance. Hi, everybody. Dance Layton. Oh, I always forget to add my <laughs> married name in there. Um, I am Sequoia Dance Layton. I'm currently residing on Nimipu Homelands, and I um, have a son here who is also Nimipu. I am going to school at Washington State University it, at the um, College of Education for uh, uh, social, let's see, cultural studies and social thought in education. <laughs> And I primarily focus my studies on Indigenous wellness practices. And right now I'm kind of gearing up to get into my preliminary exams, which are basically like your pre-exams to show that you can do this PhD program. Like you have the base, you know what you're doing. So um, reading a lot, writing a lot right now. And um, I'm really excited because I've kind of come to a good place in what I think will be my dissertation project, which is listening to stories of um, indigenous women and the way that we gather and how gathering is um, healing to our communities. So um, that's where I'm at in education. And then I get to also spend so much time with people, helping them with their goals and fitness and wellness and um, well-being. And I own a business called Rise Wellness where I get, yeah, I get to spend time with people on, on their goals. And then we're gearing up for volleyball season right now. 
now. So I just feel really um, like my cup is full. <laughs> I am doing a lot and also receiving a lot of energy from a lot of people. So uh, I'm excited for this season and we've been working all summer. So I'm excited to see where we go. Wow. That sounds like you're a super busy person for sure. <laughs> and like, just right. Little. And then all your, fa- and then all your family obligations. We talk about that on the Brown Sound, how like our, you know, family and our community is big and people don't realize how as Latino indigenous people, like we are committed to any kind of family event or family thing. So like doing all the things you do and then balancing that on top of it. Um, and, and PhD students, not a, not a light thing. Like you're, you're putting a lot of your time and energy into something. That's, that's great. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about like what, what, uh, helped you decide that that was the career path you wanted to embark on, that that's the education you wanted to take. Cause to be fair and honest, and maybe that's something we'll touch on here in, in a later question, like wellness is not, people don't really know what that is. Like there's a lot of things that mm-hmm. could be encompassed into wellness, but yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. What, what helped you get started on that journey? Like what inspired you to get there? Yeah. I um, was just reflecting on this not too long ago. I, uh, so the first thing I have to start with is I, I started working for um, Fort Hall Recreation um, when I was 15 years old. And part of our programming was working with youth during the summer, doing things that just kept them active and busy. And it's kind of like a boys and girls club. But the cool thing about our recreation department is that it's, it's, um, we're underneath our tribal entity. So we don't, Mm. we're not tied to any um, other kind of organization. And a lot of people for years have uh, tried to recreate the structures that we have on their reservations with our recreation department. So I do have to give them a shout out. That's Mm -hmm. where I started. And it's why I'm here. (laughs) And uh, I, yeah, so and then as I went into college, I want, I thought I wanted to go into something like medical, a medical degree, and I uh, wasn't very good at chemistry. So <laughs> I kind of decided I needed to take another route. And I found a degree, which is human development, which is my bachelor's degree. And um, that kind of looks at the whole scope of how people develop over time. And I focused my development on adolescence. So understanding like really adolescent, early adulthood. And uh, that that all came from the inspiration from Fort Hall. But I had no idea that I would end up in a wellness like field. I always was like trying to figure out how I could, I was considering being a counselor or going into uh, like sports psychology type situations. And I was in my master's program and I had started working out for myself. I had just gotten out of a, a pretty rough relationship and I had some self-esteem issues and I started working out and I was like, I don't even know how to work out. Like, how do I do this? So I enrolled in a personal training program just so that I could help myself. And the gym that I was at ended up asking me if I'd be a personal trainer there. And they were like, we'll pay for everything. But then I ended up already having the certification. So I was like, well, I guess we're here. So I kind of started through personal training and I I realized how unhealthy that um, realm is and how a lot of us don't understand our bodies or our own relationship to our bodies and our mind. And so um, I and and I coach volleyball and I would see, you know, my high school girls come in um, with some pretty negative self-talk. And I just kind of at that moment was like, hey, I, I think I want to start thinking about the way that we educate ourselves on how to take care of myself and then also incorporating traditional values and thinking about decolonization and decolonizing our bodies uh, through the process. 
this. So long-winded answer, but it was kind of a weird, crazy roller coaster path yeah. to get to where I am. But it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> so if I, because I have a follow-up to that, if you had to describe that wellness meets culture, um, how how what does that look like for you when you embark on like teaching wellness to especially the youth, like your volleyball players? <clears throat> yeah. So wellness starts with the relationship to yourself. Um, and if you hear that and you think, oh my gosh, I don't even know what that means, then that's when you know where your work starts, right? Like we know that we have to start working on what it means to connect to our mind, to connect to our bodies. For culture culture to meet wellness, I feel like I have to use the word wellness because that's what everybody uses these days. But um, I would say that it goes deeper than that. And I think that it, it, it dives into our languages and there's no word for wellness or to be well. A lot of times um, our understanding of wellness is balance and being, being in relation with ourselves, in relation with each other, and relation with our more than human human relatives as well. So I think it's a deep, deep understanding of, of um, who we are as people and in, in relation to the world around us. Wow. That is so insightful. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I've, I've never really thought about it in that way though, but it makes sense the way you're describing mm-hmm. it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, especially I, I've, I'm still kind of in my understanding of what it means to decolonize just in general. But um, I think that something that's been really you know, apparent to me is the wellness industry is flooded with, you know, the quick fix and the like, how can you spend money to get what you want? And that messaging has been deeply rooted in who we are as women. It's it's really, really um, geared towards women. And it a lot of times teaches you to hate the body that you're in so that you can have the body that they that you can buy, right? Like what can give us, supply us this money? Um And so I think that uh, something that I think about a lot is that how can we come back to being okay with where we're at and like the biggest thing I feel like, especially with youth is like self-talk, right? Like how do you talk to yourself when you wake up in the morning? Um, One of the things that I tell almost every single one of my clients and all of my girls is look yourself in the mirror today and just say, thank you, body you woke up. Thank you so much for being here. And just that little practice can change so much in your life and it doesn't cost money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you know, we've, we've had people in the past that like have uh, recommended us having like an indigenous wellness episode and I'm like well I'm not the one to talk about it so I don't know so definitely appreciate you having you know coming <laughs> on the show and stuff and uh, I know yeah. we, we've got all these different things in our and when it comes to like I feel like our culture and the differences of like you know how they I mean I don't know like there's so much things that like we talked about a little bit in the last episode about like how some of our traditional foods and stuff you know people kind of kind of forget about those in, in a way of like like um, using them to like, you know, get medicine or have like that type of like, you know, healing through that. Uh, what what would be some of like your, I guess, mm-hmm. your biggest interest in this field when it comes to like, you know, being able to like talk about wellness, but from like an indigenous lens? Yeah, I think that one of, so one of the things is that relationship to land, right? Like mm-hmm. our relationship to the ways um, that like, humans are also impacting land, right? We, our first foods often are at risk because Mm -hmm. of the environment that we have today. So I think that creates um, an even deeper, more important relationship with the land that we're around and place. 
And so this has been something that's been really difficult for me being away from my own personal homelands and um, being as a visitor in the Nimipu homelands. I think thinking about our wellness in relation to place is really, really important because if you think about, um, I, I'm sure a lot of listeners and, and, and you uh, know of Chelsea Luger and Thosh um, Collins with Well for mm. Culture. Mm-hmm. I use a lot of what I do is from the lens of what I've learned from them as well. And one of the things that I had to catch myself with is, you know, they have opportunities to work out with the land, right? Like res, they they have res workouts and mm-hmm. um, these really cool things outside. And there was one winter where it was, I think, like probably 10 degrees outside. Like it was freezing cold here. And I was like, I have to do a workout outside. <laughs> and I wasn't like kind of shifting my perspective to realize that like the place that I'm in doesn't support that exact thing. Like I can't mm-hmm. replicate the life of somebody who's living in Arizona, right? Like living... <laughs> in a desert space. <laughs> I need I needed to adapt to the space that I was in. And so um I think a lot of times especially with social media we see these things that you know I want to do that. I want to be that and we forget that like we have to adapt to the place that we're in and the environment that we're in. And sometimes that means that you know gym workouts are your deal or we're in a food desert so getting access to um, fresh foods all the time isn't something that's easy. So I would say like bringing our cultural perspectives into it is that adaptation and like recognition of place and what it means to be where we are right now mm-hmm. and how to be our healthiest self in this space. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I like, I started reading a little bit of their book, the seven circles. And I really, yes. I really felt like um, super connected in the ceremony section, you know, cause like over the last couple of years, I've been getting back into learning our own, you know, Nimipu traditional ways and attending more, you know, longhouse services and things like that. And so I, I feel like it's, um, it's just, I don't know. It's just been been really healing to me you know and it's crazy that yeah um because growing up I mean I, I'm not like I wasn't like you know I'm not new to the longhouse lifestyle my family in Umatilla Res are all very traditional and stuff so I grew up going to that longhouse and uh trying mm-hmm. the traditional foods over there and stuff but as a kid I just remember like I don't like it it's gross you know <laughs> but then now that I'm older I I appreciate it a lot more like going to like the first food ceremony or whatever you know whenever they right. have a ceremony there and I'm like man it, this might be you know different to some people obviously but it's like for me it's like when I I don't know get to eat the first foods that like my ancestors had it just really brings me to like a very peaceful place it's just it's i don't know it's like a weird way to explain you know but it's like i i I believe in connection yeah big time and i want to say the umatilla tribe even with their clinic they do like um first foods like so if someone's sick they offer like first foods before they offer like western medicine and things like that which is pretty interesting because i'm like i wonder like because i've heard so many stories about like people being sick oh this is what you do because even when i'm sick you know i boil up mountain tea and cows cows or something you mountain know like I, yeah so it's like one of those things where uh i wish people here like i mean our clinic and stuff would do more things with regarding our first foods and stuff but yeah yeah and that's super hard because of access too yeah. right like over harvesting um mm-hmm. I, i'll use huckleberry for example oh my gosh, um, yeah. non-indigenous communities have like they accraise over huckleberries right yeah. and over harvesting causes them to not come back 
back the next year. So Mm -hmm. part of indigenous wellness is like knowing our plants. And um, for me, I know that huckleberries have a three-year dormancy period. So that means that they um, have to remain dormant, not growing for three years before they can replenish and or grow from the ground. And so if we're over harvesting and there's a three-year dormancy period, that's you know, a three-year cycle that we have to wait Mm -hmm. from that bush to reproduce berries. And I'm like, (laughs) so your average Joe walking down a path that's like, ooh, huckleberries, let me take all of them off of this. (laughs) I always think it's crazy. I always think it's so crazy seeing like non-native people sell their huckleberries in like those Facebook groups, you know, and I'm like, what do you get all these berries? You know, like for me, I'm- Farmer's markets? Yeah, I'm always like- it's one of those things where I'm like side eyeing, like hmm, you don't even know. But it's like, <laughs> can I? At the same time, I'm at the same time. I still, I'm like, kind of want to buy some just so we have them, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I got three pounds. Can I, I know. Can I? Can I ask a question? Because I, I, you know, it's not part of my culture to find huckleberries or pick them. But I was, um, I, I was talking to Daniel a little bit about it, and he said a lot of families have their spots that they go and pick huckleberries mm-hmm. at, and they don't share with anybody. Uh, cause it's like, a yeah. you know, like a, so tell me more about that. Like, why is that a thing? And like, also why? Cause like, yeah, like I've gone to farmer's markets too. And you usually see like non brown people selling them at, at the <laughs> farmer's market. Um, but, and then the overpicking, which I got too, but tell me more about that. Cause I'm, I'm sure our listeners are wondering too, like, why is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. I I'm sure Daniel could probably answer more to this too, because where I'm from, huckleberries are like gold because we're on uh, the basin so we get the choke cherries and uh, when we when we come across huckleberries we're very blessed um, <laughs> but I will say that like for non-natives and for people who are selling huckleberries they come through and they do what's called raking so instead of picking um, from the plant they'll take a rake and literally drop everything down and gather all of those oh. berries so not only does it damage the plant like not only do, are you like harvesting all of the berries but you're damaging damaging the plant Mm -hmm. while doing so. So um, for me, huckleberry picking is a ceremony with yourself and a ceremony with that land. And so I would say that people probably keep their spots um, pretty secure for a few reasons. One being like, don't, Mm -hmm. don't take my stuff. Like (laughs) huckleberries are sparse compared to what they used to be. But two, um, there's a ceremony to it. It's like, you're connecting with that plant as you're Mm -hmm. picking and you're thanking them and you're praying while you're doing it. And oftentimes singing and connecting with your family. And there's so much good medicine in the air when you're doing that, that, um, you're kind of blessing the blessing the land as it's blessing you back. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just kind of a ceremony. So I feel like people have their places, um one like i think just because their families have gone there for you know ever so they that's that's where they go and um you're lucky you're lucky when families invite you in to do that ceremony with them oh. but also like don't steal my babies <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask like both of, do both of your families have their secret spots for huckleberries yeah there's a few spots that my family go to yeah okay i'm like, what is it tell me off the episode I, just no. kidding <laughs> <laughs> The coordinates are. 
There's just some things that we should gatekeep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Very picking spots. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guest, so I get to, um, when I'm blessed with an opportunity to to pick huckleberries, I'm a guest. And I'm, I, I, so I couldn't even tell you where it is if I wanted to, yeah. because I'm like, <laughs> we're in a mountain somewhere, but I'm yeah. not entirely sure where. Well, and I'm so like anti-nature, like nature and me just don't vibe. So if I were to ever go, I'd probably just get lost. It wouldn't be a good deal You'd for anybody. Confused. <laughs> yeah. Y'all, uh, that mountain's north. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd probably north. I'd probably be <laughs> I'd probably be one of those like TikTokers that like a mountain lion a mountain lion is chasing down a path and like that's <laughs> yeah. that's gonna be my story of when I went to to uh <laughs> to do that. But no, I bear digging in your bear. Yeah. <laughs> No, I was going to share like, well, first of all, thank you for for sharing that. Because again, that's part of your culture. Um, that's part of the experience. And, and I don't have that. Um, I'm like, mostly when I get into a new community, I'm like, where are the good taco spots at? Because that's, you know, what I mean. And, and what I'm looking at is who's serving them, because that's the also indicator. I mean, so it's just that no, but um, I was going to ask, um, I was going to ask Sequoia more on just like wellness and and your like your journey towards like establishing a business and now you you know you're trying to you're gonna get a phd here soon we're gonna say that you are i know you're gonna say i'm working on it but no you are and we know it's gonna happen <laughs> what are some things that you hope to do after your degree like once you have your phd and you have your business what are things that you're trying to incorporate into like into that journey yeah that's um I feel like that changes on a daily basis, my answer. So here's today's answer. Um, one one thing that I think I've stayed pretty steady um, through my journey is wanting to create some sort of resource for communities to draw upon for creating wellness curriculum for their community. Um, I think I have a incredible privilege being able to um, go through a PhD program and have community support, both not only from my community, but um, the Nimipu community has been incredibly supportive to me too. So I think just any way that I can gift um, any of the knowledge that I have back would be uh, one of my number one goals. And um, sometimes I'm, I'm I'm kind of shifting on how that looks, but I think that one of the ways that I'm hoping to do that is through a nonprofit that can help create curriculum, but also enact curriculum. So curriculum being something that uh, is helping youth learn and work through the way that they view themselves and view wellness. A narrative that I'm working to change a lot of is the way that we look at fitness because um in a lot of our communities, they revolve around sports and mm -hmm. sports are amazing and they're awesome. And then high school ends and <laughs> there tends to be an identity crisis in a lot of people because um, myself included, I went through this. <laughs> um, sports were, you know, our whole lives. That's what we, we revolve our uh, pastime around. And so figuring out ways that we can teach health that's not just through um, 
just through sport, but recognizing that strength comes in many shapes and forms and kind of drawing on what that can look like for each community and using cultural resources for each community that I work with, I think is is the goal. Um, how I get there and what is in between or how it is, uh, I guess, enacted, I think is the question. But like another fun thing that I do is um, I'll do preschool like movement classes sometimes. And I think that when I'm done with my PhD, that's something that I really want to kind of hone in and focus on is how do we create more movement-based learning for our little ones? Because they're also learning how to listen to their bodies. And the earlier that we can teach that kind of stuff, the more grounded I think we can be as a people and heal as a community. I know. I always like seeing uh, Tiny Tot's little yoga posts of you there. Like, oh, those cute little kids doing yeah. their different stretches. Yeah. It's so cute too, like just to watch them. Uh, we I use um, Snoop Dogg does kids albums now. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> So he has a couple of affirmation songs that we listen to, and it's just so cute. The second I turn on the song, one hand goes to their chest and one hand goes to their belly, and they start practicing making their belly big, making their chest big, and just feeling their breath. And it's just, um, I was reflecting on that the other day of just that, you know, like when we first started, they were like wiggly and like, oh, I can't sit still. And now they're like, I'm breathing, don't bother me. (laughs) It's just so cute. And, didn't, and I'm sorry, did I miss that? Did we say little kids doing yoga? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, so I, it's like preschool age. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes I'll even do it with the little pre-preschoolers. Yeah. Um, and we just, yeah, we move our bodies and that's, just fill them out. That's adorable. <laughs> I took a yoga it's, class in college and I dropped that class like three days <laughs> in. <laughs> it was, I, I did not have a good core. Um, I could have kept working on it, but... <laughs> to hear little kids are doing like downward dog or like one of the, like that's oh yeah oh that's awesome <laughs> that's so awesome yeah yeah I've I mean yoga is that I was just sharing with somebody that I was at a yoga class last night and I was getting so frustrated because it wasn't like relaxing yoga and I wanted it to be relaxing <laughs> and I was like why am I here <laughs> yeah. so while we're uh, while we're on this subject I also wanted one of the things we talk about for all of our guests is we like to hear their inspiring journeys into like you know where they're at right now based off of like all the cool things that they've been able to accomplish but the other thing that we don't talk about a lot of times in success is that there sometimes can be challenges right and we want to be realistic about like those challenges we face one to demystify them one to say success isn't doesn't come easy there are you know, trials, tribulations that we need to go through to get to success. But I was going to ask you in your journey, even in higher ed, establishing your own business, um, just as someone who's indigenous, who's also, you know, you're a mother, you're a wife. What are some of the challenges that you have faced so far in your journey um, that you've been able to overcome that stand out to you? Yeah, I feel like every day is a new challenge. <laughs> I keep answering that way, but especially Especially as a business owner, uh, you it's it's some there's an unpredictability about it, um, and I feel like that the challenge for me has always been getting comfortable with uncom like being uncomfortable. It's 
really scary to, you know, put your savings into something. And especially when you have a kid, not know if it's going to pay you back. Um, so I think definitely that that get comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah. has been my tagline for a really long time. Um, and then the other thing that I struggle with is as somebody who has been in the fitness world for five or six years now, I struggle struggle myself with my own um, body image and recognizing like when it's okay to not look the part or be the typical trainer that people are looking for. I think it gets really hard and discouraging sometimes when clients are like, oh, that's not what I'm looking for. And, or I, you know, like this is really random, but like every now and then you'll get somebody who's a potential client who will be like, well, you like, you look like that. Or just uh, the little things that build up, I think on a daily basis, being in the field that I'm in really impact my confidence. Confidence. So I think I've had to overcome a lot of those little comments and recognize who I am, the strength in my body, the strength in myself, the strength in becoming a mother and the changes in my body and realize that, you know, there's there is not one way to look or one way to be. And yeah, I'm comfortable with myself where I'm at right now. And and if like I think getting okay with clients, not having clients that don't align with that because that doesn't align with my business model. It doesn't align with who I am. Yeah. So it's okay. So dropping that perfectionism and just being like, oh, that's fine. We just don't align. It's cool. Yeah. Um, I'll see has ya. also been a huge thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's that's funny because what you just said right now resonates with some of the conversations Daniel and I have had in the past about just being Latino or indigenous. People are so good about trying to box us into what we should be as those identities when it's like, no, we get to push back. We get to define what that is for us. And we don't all have to be the same. Um, not all indigenous people are the same. Not all Latino people are the same. Not all wellness or coaches need to be the same. That's the beauty of us being to have our own identity about like how we choose to engage with the world and be celebrated for it too. And so that confidence building was like awesome. I love that you're sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think you even touch on like identity. I think in my whole entire career in academia, identity has been one thing that is constantly, I think, a struggle for me being somebody who is light skin. And so I am... it like depends on the time on if I'm white passing or if I am identifiably indigenous uh, to people. And I think that is um, like a, a struggle in itself when I'm trying to work on indigenous wellness or be uh, a native person in academia because a lot a lot of times I get tokenized so they're like be the spokesperson say everything do everything and I don't always feel like I have the ability and I mean I shouldn't I'm one human I don't have the ability or knowledge or understanding and I have a reconnecting culture story and a visitor story to tell but I don't have like the all encompassing answer to indigenous people and And so I think that that is often, I often have this tug and push and pull of who I am as an indigenous person. I can only be who I am and I can only carry the knowledge that I have. And that's been gifted to me. And I can't speak for 
all Shoshone Bannock people. I can't speak for all Indigenous people in general. Like I can only speak to my experience and um, weave stories of those around me to create a better understanding about, you know, where we're at as humans. Yeah, and that's one thing that I always try to say too is like Indigenous people were not a monolith, you know. People always ask like, well, what about this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not a part of that tribe. Like I can't tell you what that tribe does because I'm only Nimi Poo. That's all I know. But yeah, it's always like a awkward position to be in when people want you to speak on like all and i'm like well where's there's so many i mean so many languages and so many different customs and different traditions and all kinds of things so i always try to i'm all knock it off hey don't knock it off (laughs) (laughs) we're not the same (laughs) it's almost it's almost like especially here in the west coast anytime that there's a gathering of latinos a lot of folks will misidentify that group as mexicans which i mean a majority of Mm -hmm. us maybe but there's also a lot of different other types of latinos he knows out there, you know, and so we have a big Colombian mm-hmm. community here, uh, Salvadorian community, um, Guatemalan community. That we, you know, we have big pockets of different types of communities out here, but it, it feels the same. Um, I like to correct people when they keep saying uh, anytime they listen to any kind of like like the Spanish radio, for example, and they generalize all the music as Mexican music, and I'm like. Well, no that music is bomb and i will claim it but bad bunny isn't from mexico or you know whoever the artist is they're definitely not from mexico but they make good music and i agree with you right Mm -hmm. but it's kind of along those lines yeah yeah well and i think that that goes like uh this is my academic talk that i won't try to talk too much but the the settler colonialism right like of both mexico and of the united states um there is, you know, this idea that because people came to settle here and there and conquered um, parts of Mexico, like that means that like they are now the Mexicans, right? Like <laughs> that is now <laughs> the Americans and a Mexican. And there's not like this like rich, deep culture of the land that was there prior to any settlers coming to that right? space. <laughs> so <laughs> people forget um, that. <laughs> Yeah, I laugh. I laugh all the time because people are like, wow, indigenous people of America and indigenous people in Mexico are so similar. I'm like, oh, almost like we're indigenous to the land that we're from. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Mind blown. Yeah. I'm going to start saying that. Thanks, Sequoia. <laughs> um, so... oh, I get really, I get really <laughs> feisty sometimes yeah. about that. Well, and that's well I just too. had this conversation too with like, I had this conversation with someone who is an immigrant from uh, a European country and they were talking about um, the immigrants from like Mexico or Central America and they said something that didn't sit well with me and I was like well one I'm like the people who are from Mexico or Central America or wherever I was like they were indigenous to this land before the border like that's something that was you know our people are that's a lot right older, a lot of- <laughs> and and it helped them see that perspective. They're like, wow, I never thought of it that way. And I'm like, yeah, listen up. No, I'm just kidding. But like, it was like one of those, it was just like a weird, it was like one of those weird conversations, like where I didn't expect it to lead that way. And it did, but I was glad that I got to like, at least share like, no man, like we even talked about in one of our episodes with one of our friends who's Ton Atom, And she says there, the border goes right through their reservation. And so. Yeah, I, um, 
I did a research study actually down in that area when I was studying in Arizona. And um, we were at an elementary school 30 minutes away from said border, right, that exists in some people's minds. (laughs) And some of these kids um, were traveling that every day, like because Tohono O'odham lands go Mm -hmm. across the border. They don't stop just because there's this fictitious line that says this is America. Like it doesn't work that way with who we are as communities and people and understanding ourselves, right? So um, this was during uh, a particularly rough political time in America. <laughs> a few years Whoa. ago oh. and um yeah yeah oh. <laughs> but uh border patrol was pretty heavy then and uh I was getting stopped because I had Idaho license plates and they're like what are you doing down here and I'm like we're like two hours from the border and that's already happening so I can only imagine the everyday lives of students who are citizens quote unquote, I have to quote that, citizens of the United States and also citizens of their indigenous nations. And they're having to cross this um, in a really like hostile way Mm -hmm. just to get to school. That's it. It's yeah. Anyway, so there's like these these borders don't exist to anybody except for people that like think that they have control. Just for people that don't have connection to the land, but think they do. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Ownership, not relationship. Right. Uh, So to to kind of wrap up the conversation, Sequoia, on like you and your journey, we wanted to ask, because this is a question we asked every one of our guests, what is some advice for the youth or anyone interested like in your line of work or like your educational path? Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give them about like, you know, pursuing that path on their own? Yeah, I think my biggest advice is give yourself space to feel joy. And I think that a lot of times we create these narratives of um, success and education as being something that's very gruesome and hard and rough. And it is, there are challenges. And there are times where you should tune into the present and the now and give yourself that space for joy because you don't have to wait until you're 20, 30, 40 years old to feel that joy. You should feel that joy throughout the process of it and follow your heart into that. And if you feel like the joy is not there, it's okay to change and shift and flow with your journey. I never thought that I would be in the field that I'm into today. And I think I fought my path a lot. And so I view view it as a river as it flows and it it will hit rocks they'll they'll be rapids there'll be currents um there'll be slow times and just sit with those moments and kind of let it take you where it goes love that yeah yeah all right well again uh thanks for thanks for your time today you know just to wrap things up on that conversation we always like to do a language lesson on the brown sound podcast so with that being said we will be teaching our listeners how to say coyote in imiputimt and in spanish and in shoshone so but that being, you know, going with coyote. I don't know if we ever did coyote. I don't think we have. But um, so how to say coyote in Nimi Butimt is it's a yeah, yeah. Awesome. Do you want, do you want me to go? Yeah. The way you say coyote in Shoshone is Ishaput. 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 Okay. And then Denoe was it's a yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, yeah. 
It's a yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And there's a casino well, named after the it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> In Spanish, you, to say coyote, you would say coyote, coyote, coyote. coyote. Yeah, coyote. Everybody's yeah. Everybody in your car, you practice too. Make sure. You're yeah. <laughs> while, the, while they're driving, coyote. yeah. 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 And it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So awesome. we are at the part of the podcast where we do our shades of brown shady questions. It's a fun way to wrap up an episode uh, because sometimes we have deep conversations, and even though we use humor to get through them, um, it's a fun way to kind of laugh at ourselves a little bit these questions are called shady questions because any way you answer <laughs> you may land in the hot seat with whoever you're answering about so these are fun because we get to answer in a finesse kind of way right mm -hmm. and so uh sequoia this is your first shades of brown shady questions so we'll share with you and our listeners who are listening for the first time how this round works we will ask three questions all three of us will have to answer two absolutely and can skip one but if we are brave we will answer are all three and so the questions we have today and we do ask our guests to go first so that's always fun Sequoia. <laughs> Can't wait. the questions today are I'll, I'll say all three and then we can repeat them if you need us to sequoia to answer okay so question okay. one is do you know anyone in your life that you would prefer never to run into again like you don't need to say who <laughs> but why is that the case okay? question two if you had to stick a sign on the back of someone you don't like and they wouldn't see it until the end of the day, what would that sign say? So these are a little bit hard. It's like, are we being mean? <laughs> and question three, if you had to guess a secret talent that each of us have here today, what would it be and why? So, it, you know, it could be a fun little read or maybe you're just being nice. Um, so, <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Question one again. Do you know anyone in your life that you would prefer never to run into again? So don't say who and why. No. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like there's lots of people, but that's because I get embarrassed and then like think about it for the next five years and then um, <laughs> don't don't ever want to run into those people. I think, um, yeah, you know what? There is somebody that I can think of off the top of my head oh. and it's because I was um, living in another state and... I had agreed to um, do some like volleyball training with them and then it just got kind of awkward and I didn't want to do it anymore, but I was scared of like saying I didn't want to do it. So I just ghosted them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they followed me on social media like last week or the week a weeks ago. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> like, I, don't know <laughs> I hope I never see them again. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's a good one so if you had to stick a sign on the back of somebody's back and uh that you don't like and they wouldn't see it until the end of the day what would that sign be i, feel, I can't even not laugh at this i feel like i would do something like poke my sides or something so that somebody would come up behind somebody and poke their sides yes <laughs> Oh, why is everybody doing that to me? Yeah, yeah, my ribs. <laughs> Gra grabbing someone's love handles. <laughs> Just... 
Oh, oh. <laughs> I do hate that when people do that to me. So that would be I know. somebody who does. Yeah. All right. And then if it's you, just annoying enough. Yeah. Just, and if people kept doing it all day, you'd be like, hey, what's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. And then the last question but, is if you had to guess a secret talent that, that each of us has, so like Daniel has and I have, what would you guess it would be and why? Hmm. <laughs> I I don't know who to pin this on, but I feel like one of y'all can like burp the alphabet like that. Oh, <laughs> like that could be a challenge. I could do that actually. I could do that. I think I, I, so. You got me. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, oh, I don't know. What are even hidden talents? Um, I can't think of a second one. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Daniel's talents are all out I, yeah, for everybody to see. <laughs> yeah, just, he's just—he's too transparent. <laughs> he chirps. Just real, this guy. <laughs> you know what? I bet you you practice um, uh, powwow like announcing, like in oh. like alone in the shower. Yeah, do your hoka haze. You know, hoka haze. <laughs> really envision yourself. Yeah. Just do my hachas. <laughs> That's funny. Oh Actually, some sometimes though, if I do have to like record like a PSA or like a business spot or something, I will practice it a little bit to like. Sometimes I'm like, like uh, I'll be like roadside bar and grill, and I'm like, oh no, hold on, I'm like. <clears throat> Roadside bar and grill. Like I have to go to different, you know. So I did yeah. kind of do that sometimes. But okay. so funny. the modern day, the modern day announcer, yeah, <laughs> can always be so bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> How will I not get roasted for this yeah, announcement? <laughs> All right, I'll go. I can go next. Um, do I know anyone in my life that I would prefer not to ever run into again? Uh, yeah, I definitely. There's a few. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of weird people out there that, you know, when they show you who they are, it's just like, ah, okay, I see it and don't ever want to see you ever again. Um, and if I had to stick a sign on the back of someone I didn't like, mine would probably be like, uh, flip me, you know, so you go around and you like flip someone. <laughs> Like, like, like the, what do they call that? They call it the bean flip, right, or something, I, or the what? Like, the flip? Like, is that what it's called? Like when you flip your? Oh my god! I know exactly. Oh, the bean. Is it the bean dip? The what dip? Yeah, the bean dip. Yeah. I thought the bean dip was when you like when you meet somebody in the back or something. Isn't that the bean dip? No, I think that's called a flat uh flat tire. No, the flat tire is when someone steps on your shoe. No. <laughs> I thought this was the bean dip. I don't know. What? I would do... I'm pretty sure it is. What's the bean about I that? Was... Like I just <laughs> As a I Latino, I take offense to that. <laughs> You're like, can it be a huckleberry dip? Yeah. <laughs> a berry dip? dip? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. But oh, that's, funny. Well, that's hilarious. 
So whoever I, whoever I didn't like would probably get bean dipped. <laughs> <laughs> so it would just say like bean dip me. Yeah. <laughs> with, with both hands. So like, Up for interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that was funny! Oh man, and if I had to guess, everybody, my talent. my glasses fogged up. Um, <laughs> go let me let me fan myself. Oh my gosh! Okay, uh, okay. If I had to guess a secret talent that you both had, I would say Javi would be like probably like a singer. I feel like you could karaoke a Oh, I could sing Janet pretty well. Jackson no, song. Both gotta make it. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you can karaoke Is it Janet Jackson? <laughs> I, I don't could carry to Underwood. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Um, a good oh, Reba. You know, a um, good, that's the wrong genre, like Cheek X. I would, I would not be doing <laughs> that genre. <laughs> you could karaoke a good Lady Gaga. Uh, Give me a good Lizzo. Yeah, yeah. It's about damn time. <laughs> In a minute, I'm gonna need a sentimental. Yeah. Just kidding. Hey, we can't talk about Lizzo right now. You see all those things about her. Oh yeah, her she's in trouble. Lately. Yeah, do we yeah, believe we it? Do we believe it? Yeah, we can't. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't. I don't know either, right? And I yeah. feel like Sequoia. <laughs> Sequoia, your your secret talent, I think, would be like like a like a break dancer, like one of those like dance off <laughs> oh, people, you know, that can like I win a dance see off. That. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> used to try. <laughs> is it because my last name is Dance? <laughs> no, it's because your name Sequoia. Just because you're over there. I feel like I used to try to like spit around on my head. And do the like? Oh, I don't even know. I yeah. don't. I cannot break it? dance. I heard you have like a, a a mean a mean robot. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just it's pretty it's pretty there. Yeah. That's that's so funny. <laughs> All right. I got asked growing up all the time if I was a dancer. <laughs> I'm like choking from my spit from laughing. You guys got me. All right, everybody. So do I know anyone in my life that I prefer never to run into again? Yes, and I tried. So Sequoia, just like you, you I ghosted somebody him? and I always <laughs> run into <laughs> Oh, well, God damn it. I mean, it's just, and I have a friend that always brings him up. But it's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I tried. It didn't work. Um, it's not going to work. It's fine. Um, if I had to stick a sign in the back of someone that I didn't like, and then I would see to the, So I would say, like, honk in my face. Like, that's what the sign would say. So someone would just come up to me like, honk, you know, and just like, keep you know? <laughs> just, honk. Oh. Just making a <laughs> The thing about these is it would have to be like bold people to actually like, yeah. with this. Like, well, I know plenty of people I in my community that would do it, right? Honk. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of like your face, like if someone honked in your face, like like the fuck? <laughs> oh my, you some mouthwash! Yeah. 
Right. Um, so that's, yeah, there's that. If I had to guess a secret talent, uh, I would say, like, Daniel can do the worm, like, on the ground. You know the worm? You could... Yeah. I probably could if I tried. Yeah. Get enough 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 little drinks I probably could. You know? <laughs> I'm quite the Hey, uh, Pendleton Roundup, you better yeah. be busting it up. That's all, quite, quite yeah, the that's dan- all funny. quite the dancer when there's a few adult beverages in, in the mix. I thought, and if you if you didn't do it on the ground, He's like I'm basically Michael Jackson. Just, yeah. <laughs> You could do like a belly dancer. Oh yeah, he's like those inflatable guys from the car. At the car sale. Oh, my God. Oh, that would man. be funny, yeah, Daniel. And then um, Sequoia, I feel like you would. I don't know, like maybe teach dolphins how to squeal. Like you'd be like, no, it's actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that too. Like, water aerobics. Like, and, yeah, wa- yeah, and then like kind of read them on their squeaks if they don't do it right. Yeah. I'm all <laughs> octopier. Yeah, so I oh. that was too energetic. Yeah, uh, that's too fake. People will know. Try again. Yeah. <laughs> like, act like a shark's coming. <laughs> The orcas. Yeah. The orcas. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, I oh, always did love Sea World. Yeah, <laughs> that was good, y'all. Thank you for that. Yeah, that was, was a, a good, good little. Yeah, yeah. that's a good a good laugh there. My eyes are kind of watery. <laughs> that's indigenous wellness for you. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in their car is gonna be like, "What the? Fuck? Yeah." <laughs> My goal to a six pack is laugh with your yeah. friends. Yeah, like, that's what you got to do. And that is what we're about here. So, yeah. getting six packs. Yeah. <laughs> six Different pack, kind of six yeah. pack every day. The six pack you could drink. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I think everyone's oh, gonna be impressed again. <laughs> I think everyone's going to be impressed by Javi's uh, dolphin screech. I was yeah. like, wow. yeah. He's done that well, before. <laughs> He's a pro. It's all his secret time. <laughs> well, I guess now's the time to say sign up for my business teacher dolphin. <laughs> Do you have a dolphin? Do you want them to scooch yeah. right? Yeah. Are those squeaks not today. Joking, right? <laughs> Are you upset with the squeals they do? Come to Javi's Dolphin Emporium. We will get them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Oh wow! Good, yeah. Ooh, good one, good one. Yeah. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> She's gonna keep rolling. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep laughing. Yeah. Well, thanks so oh, much for being. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even finish it. <laughs> Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. I'm crying. You didn't even finish up. 
you didn't even do the the final wrap up cheek kick. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, okay, everybody, wrap. Okay, pull it together. We need to wrap up the episode. <laughs> All right. So, um, wrap up. Any thoughts before we go? <laughs> oh i don't even know i was gonna say thank you so much for thinking of me for this episode and this subject i'm really excited to share my knowledge but most of all really thank you for the good medicine and the laughs this is a great time and i really do think it encompasses everything that i'm about in indigenous wellness so thank you yeah yes thanks for being here uh yeah thanks again for being here if you haven't yet uh please give us a five-star rating on apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts at you can follow us on instagram at the brownstown podcast uh we have a very awesome opportunity or an event coming up in later this month and i can't wait to share wait can we share that or did we share it before um i think fire's coming out soon so if you want to let's let's do it so the brown sound if you are in the treasure valley area or want to make a trip to the treasure valley area to caldwell we will be having a live show we will be at the flying m in caldwell they invited us out to have us do what we do in person so yeah i know we have a i know we have a lot of listeners down in the boise area so now is your chance to meet javi and he'll set up his kissing booth and and y'all can, you know, get all the hobby basils you want. I do have big lips. Not just kidding. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm really excited for this uh, because the Flying M is one of my favorite places. Um, I love mm-hmm. to get coffee there. I'm also from Caldwell. So this is a really big thing for me. It's like being able to share one of my current passions um, that, you know, and with my best friend to be able to go to a coffee shop I love and for them to give us their platform essentially to say, please, yeah. you know, join us in having a live event here and we want to support it. I I'm just beyond uh I'm just beyond sure. anything right now in, in in terms of emotion and just excitement. But please uh save the date flyer coming out soon. Sequoia, you are here for us breaking that news because this is the first time we share with yeah. our listeners and we're like really excited for that. So fun way to wrap up the episode. Um I wanna say Sequoia, this is my first time meeting you, but you are such a great person and thank you so much for coming to the Brown Sound today. I loved getting to know you. I loved laughing with you. You're right, that was such great medicine. I needed that today. I needed the good laughs. Mm-hmm. And I hope that y'all got Thank good you. things out of it too. Um, so without further to do ado, let's wrap up the episode. <laughs> we'll see you all next time. And you're welcome back anytime you want, Sequoia. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. See y'all. See you later. Adios. yo, And muchas gracias. For listening to the Brown Sound Podcast. We had a blast with y'all today. And make sure to tune in next time. To follow us more closely, check us out on Instagram at the Brown Sound Podcast. For partnership opportunities or just want to get a hold of us, you can shoot us a DM on Instagram. Disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and hosts only.